You're listening to the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT podcast. I'm your host and curator, Rabbi Aprom Kipolevich, and I hope you enjoy this episode. Oh, this is Ralbag versus Rabbi Yona. And normally when we look at these great giants of medieval Jewish literature, Rambam, Ramban, um, and, and as we've seen now, Rabbeinu Yonah, Rolbag, um, uh, it, we sort of uh, assume that the prime places where um, they stride for us and ideas come to us is the works that um, they authored themselves. Um, with Rabbeinu Yonah, however, there is a work that I do not believe has been mined sufficiently. The Shari Tshuva is a safer, as that I've said, has been beloved for centuries. Um, and it, it truly is a, 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 a groundbreaking book uh, of what he was able to accomplish. But there is another work of Rabbeinu Yonah that, that contains gold. And that is a book not written by him, but his students. And that is the parish, they call it, Rabbeinu Yonah, or Talmidei Rabbeinu Yonah, on Mesechet Brachot, specifically on Rabbi Yitzhak Alfasi's uh, um, condensation of the Shas, Rif. So in other words, those of you that have a Shas would be able to, um, those that have a Shas would be able to um, uh, open up the back, let's go to the back of the Gemara, as we say, and find the riff on Brochos. And in the riff and Brochos would have on the side the explanations of the riff and way, way more. It would say Rabbeinu Yonah, but it's really the Talmide Rabbeinu Yonah, who consistently quote their Rebbe. Now, is it, we, I don't know which student it is. Other researchers have probably discovered clues, but there is a wealth of material there in, that, in the, those in, 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 in what's considered basically a halachic work, because but we know mesechtas brachos uh, is not only, of course, it's one of the mesechtas that uh, has some of the most expansive and important agaditic material. Material that is, is I, I would say, in some sense, yes, a lot of agada, but also a lot of halachos that deal with crucial ideas. Halachos about what does tefillah mean? What is amuna? What is shmona esrei? What are, what are these things all about? So Rabbeinu Yonah has a lot to say. His, his students bring down brilliant ideas from him in this regard. And in that way, the, that part of Rabbeinu Yonah, since it was what most people had standard when they learned the riff, it became part of rabbinic, the rabbinic mindset. These Rabbeinu Yonas became very, very well known. And, 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 and I would say many people, if they didn't have a Musr Seder, were probably, this was their first introduction to Rabbeinu Yonah, was his students accumulation of essentially his ideas. Some of it is not his, some of it is the students, but the, 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 the real strong elements of this super commentary, as it would be, or commentary, is really from Rabbeinu Yonah. Now, I want to just say parenthetically, 
Uh, there's another commentary that he wrote on the Talmud, and that is called the Aliyot. Uh, the Aliyot means levels. An Aliyah, as we know, is like a upstairs. It's like a higher level. And what he does is he analyzes, similar to the Ralbag's approach in, in Hamash of, you know, first the words, then, the, then the, the structure, and then the lessons, the Aliyot Rabbeinu Yonah does something similar on Shas, where he explains the basic simple shot in the Gemara, and then he develops things even further. And we do have the Aliyat Rabbeinu Yonah on Bava Batra, or on Bava Basra, which is a, as we know, like Brochos, is a very long Mesechta. Uh, it's the, it's the Brochos, they say, is the longest in actual words, and Bava Basra is the longest in actual pages. But in both of these super long Mesechtas, we have Rabbeinu Yonah there in the Aliyot, which were mentioned by Betzal Ashkenazi uh, in the uh, 16th century, and that's the way they were known. But then the manuscript was discovered, and we have on, uh, if not the whole of Masechta, which is 170-something pages, 190 pages, whatever it is, um, we do have on a good amount of Baba Basra, um, and, and a lot of technical, difficult sugyot, we have the master himself in, 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 in the Aliyot. So, and, and I would say the Aliyot Rabbeinu Yonah is in a way, his, 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 is a sample of the masterpiece that he was writing on Shaz. And of course, it goes together with the Shari Chub as the two greatest works. The, the Perish on Brochos, however, does have tremendous diamonds in it. And we're going to see some of them tonight. And I think the ones we're going to see are really going to take us into the heart of what does it mean to be a believing, trusting Jew? What does it mean to be a Baal Bitochon? And what does it mean really, what did it mean that uh, uh, the process of what Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim was about? Okay, a big buildup. Let's see, let's try to fulfill it. Okay, so we start with the Gemara in Brachos. Now, the Gemara in Brachos says <coughs> the following, that Chachamim Asu Syog the Brachos says, the Chachamim realize that people need <coughs> to have some sorts of limits that limit them. Because what is the normal attitude of a person in the evening? I just finished my day at work. I'm just going home. I'm a religious Jew. I believe in tefillah. I believe it's important to, to go to shul. But you know what? It's not yet time. It's still got a little bit of time. I'm going home. I'm going to kiss my wife. I'm going to have a little bit of supper. She's got some a Swanson TV dinner. Then I'm going to have a little bit something to drink maybe some ripple or some other sort of wine. Ve'ishan kim, I'll take a little nap. Ve'akrakach, ekrakriyachma, bitbalo. Then I'm going to then uh, uh, say kriyachma and aldavin. I won't have to go to shul. No, arvit is anyway reshut. Ve'chotvoto sheina. And we know, the Bryce says, what happens to people. Once that occurs after a full day of work, they're asleep. So what did the Bryce say? 
Yes, you've been working hard in the field. The sweat beads are coming down your back. We want you to go into Shoal. Okay, study a little bit. Okay, you don't know how to learn Gemara, learn the Pasik. And now that you're in Shul, now you're going to say Shema because you're in Shul anyway. Then what's going to happen? Then you're going to do Tfilat Arvit. Then you'll go home, you'll have your food, and whatever it is you're going to do before. That's what we want people to do. This was a Braita. That's the end of the Braisa. If you don't follow that, you incur the death penalty. So the Gemara says, why? Why you incur the death penalty? So, um, so, <laughs> so the Gemara said, well, why are we so homer, right? Why here are we saying you have the death penalty? So again, the Gemara says, because we know that if we don't pile it on, we know people are just going to um, think, hey, I fell asleep. What does it mean? So what? Anyway, the Gemara then analyzes this price. And this is where Rabbeinu Yonah uh, has what to say. It says, Kori Kriyachma umit baleil. Hmm. You'd say Kriyachma and then you do Tfila. Which means, how does Tfila work? Tfila comes after Kriyachma. This bright backs up Rabbi Yochanan, the Gemara says. Rabbi Yochanan says, Who is a Ben Olam Haba? That if you describe on the keels of Kriyachma, what do you do? You, we know the last section of Kriyachma, although it's many, there was a discussion whether it's said at night, discusses the, has a, a phrase about Yitzhak Mitzrayim. But then what the rabbis appended to that was a description of how the glorious exodus and how we went through the Yamsuf and how God saved us and brought us. It's important to be so mech, in other words, to, to relive in a way, to think about, by reliving it, by thinking about it, by saying it, and then doing your tefillah. Hmm. Now, the Gemara earlier said that this Braita, that we deals with this, and we'll see Rashi because the students of Rabbeinu Yonah knew about Rashi. So here's Rashi. First of all, Rashi says that why is it at night? It says, who is the Ben Olam Haba? The one who does this at night. So Rashi says, you can see the Rashi here. I'll make it a little larger. Look where I have the cursor. First of all, Rashi says that the, the Gemara is not trying to say that a Ben Olam Haba is more of a Ben Olam Haba at night than by day. Everybody says, even Rabbi Yochanan, says that the, they left Egypt at the day after the Pesach, not while the Pesach was being eaten. 
So therefore, the, don't try to learn, Rashi says, that the Gemara is somehow emphasizing the nighttime. For sure the daytime. Even the nighttime. That's one point of Rashi. Number two, the idea of Gula Litfila, why is it so important? So Rashi says, Smichut Gula Litfila, Ramzad David B'Sefer Tehilim. David HaMelech sort of hints to that. Because if you take a look at the, from Tehillim 19 to 20, the end of Tehillim 19 is Adonai Tsuri Ali, God is my rock and my redeemer. And right after that, the next, what we call Kapitel or Perak of Tehillim is Yancha Adonai Biyom Sarah. Okay, so Rashi says, you see from here that the great David understood that God is a redeemer allows you to then think about your own pain. In other words, thinking about God as the redeemer of the Jewish people gives you the ability to focus and think about God answering you from your own pain. And that's what David HaMelech meant. Now, um, then Rashi quotes the Yerushalmi. The Gemara says, If somebody does not daven right after he reads the beautiful psukim of the Gula, what is he like? He is someone who is like the king's friend. It's like you're knocking on the king's door. The Melech opens the door and says, where's that guy? Meaning when we recount and think and speak about Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim, what we do is somehow knock on the king's door. It's like, even though we are thousands of years removed from that time, 4,000 years almost removed from that time of Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim, still, when we do it and read about it and feel it, it's like we're knocking on God's door and God is ready to somehow answer our prayers and bring us into his house. And if we don't daven right away, which is the way we enter into a communion in our mind with God, then it's like we, like we brought God out of his bedchamber to come down the palace steps to open the door and then we left. And he saw us running away. And not only we're not there, we're like far away. Where are you? You just did something. Why aren't you here? So God says, hey, what's going on here? I'm leaving you too. Just don't start reliving the experiences of Yitzhak Mitzrayim and just let it stay. You're trying to come close to me. You're trying to, in a way, connect to me with this experience. So why are you leaving me? And God sees that we don't cash in on it. Then he also, look at the Rashi, he himself says, okay, I'm leaving. You're bringing God close to you. What you do is, 
you're bringing God close to you and, and you're making God in your camp. God loves you through the crusades, through the pogroms, through whatever is going on. But when you go back to that glory period, when you go back to that nostalgia that's still alive and talk about how great those things were, it's like God becomes close. And God is sort of, you feel God's presence. And since you feel God's presence, say, God, look, you know what? Can you get us out of this difficult pogrom? Can you help us with our children? Can you help us with our children to stay religious? Can you help us with our wives who are ill, our parents that, 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 that need uh, health? Can you help me make that mortgage payment? Can you help me find that job? That's what you need to do. That is the idea, Rashi says, of of Somech Gula Litvila. Now, um, okay, that's Rashi. One could ask the question. You become, you're a Ben Olam Haba? It's a good thing. <laughs> but, but, okay, it's, it, it shows you know what's going on. You're able to, to, to have God on your side. A ben olam haba? Why is that a ben olam haba? Va'omer mori harav, my teacher, Rabbeinu Yona, he's referring to. Shahatam shezochel l'schar gadol kazeh. Why is it that you're called a ben olam haba for doing this? Mipnei shakodesh baruchu, keshegoalo, shegoalnu, votzianu mimitzrayim, what was the purpose of Yitzhiya's Mitzrayim on one level? It was incredible. It was a great praise to God. But what it is supposed to lead to is our service to him. And the words say that, Shenemar, Ki We become God's servants in totality when we leave Mitzrayim, that allows us to to relish and acquire that new identity of servants of God. And since the chesed of, of, of stripping away the servitude of Mitzrayim, what is, what is the shell that's revealed under that? We are now avodim of God! Wow, not avodim like 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 damaged, beaten slaves. We actually are gods doing God's work in the world. We're bringing the world to perfection by being God's servants. That's what Yitzhak Mitzrayim does, and we know hatfila ki Tfila is service. Amridan, as we know from the Pasuk in Parshas Mishpatim, serve God. How do we serve God? God's not a body, right? We don't know what God wants all the time. We do. When we 
turn to God and ask him for our needs, the process itself is called avodah. The fact that we become so intense, the fact that we're thinking about him, the fact that there's something going on and we are committing ourselves again and again to his to to live according to his will and our things that we want should be in in, in terms of what from his perspective that's service of god so and when we mention isias mitzrayim and then we pray immediately mara what do we show when you have been just bought by your master, the first thing you do is not say, okay, what's there to eat around here? Yeah, okay, I guess you own me now. Uh, okay, I'll see you in about a half hour. I'm going to go check out the living room. No, the first thing you do is, the first thing you do is, okay, you just saved me. You just stripped me away from this mundane servitude. And you've turned me into one of the servants of God in this world. So therefore, this was incredible what you did for us, that we're no longer, you know, just, you know, existing and trying to, push ourselves in this world but we have a job and that job is serving the creator of the universe so therefore and since i recognize yeah of course i am an evan hashem you 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 own me in a way you change the situation with the miracles that change nature you now turned me into something else so therefore and now i'm ready to serve you although there's other ways you can serve God, but we know Rabbeinu Yonah says, the Talmud says a primary way to fulfill avoda is just by standing still and putting your hands, one hand on the other, and concentrating and, and thinking about that being that, that, that emanates and permeates and is everywhere around you and you, is responsible for your existence. That's called avoda. So, that process is really what Olam Haba is, because you get Olam Haba by being the Eved Hashem. And you have shown that, that it isn't just, davening isn't just, okay, got a daven today, but you're doing it out of a sense that this is my purpose of a, as a human being to be that Eved. And I get that because I go back in history to Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim. So that is, in a way, the, 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 the roadmap to Olam Haba. So if a person is, that's what's called, in a way, the, 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 the Ben Olam Haba. You want to know what it is? Recognize the gift of life, why history has brought us where we are. And now, Yavoda is being God's servants. And being God's servants, of course, is the end of it is not just to be, yes, master, yes, master, but to actually to come so close to God, changing the world with our actions, with our thoughts and ideas, that we get Olam Abba.
So this is, again, you didn't see Rashi ask this question. You didn't see uh, uh, that uh, uh, there. This is an answer given by Rabbeinu Yonah. But then he gave another answer from a completely different direction. The two, we're going to see if the two answers can jive together. Va'od Omar Mori, Tam Acher, Mipnei Keshemazkir Geulas Mitzrayim, when a person mentions Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim and Davins. Now, this is closer to Rashi, but Rashi did not say it at all with this amount of depth and novelty. Rabbi says, when you mention Gulas Mitzrayim and then you Davin, Miyad humare sheboteach badonai bitvila. You know what you show? You show that your davening isn't just the words in the sitter you're saying. You really believe that God can do it. That God could take what seems to be only a 10% chance and, and allow that 10, 5, 2%, 1% chance to work. That you could become a different person. That, that you could have shalom bias when it seems you have years of, of strife. Why? Because you're begging, you're, you're asking God for things. If you didn't really feel he could do it, if you didn't believe that God has the ability to change your situation, you wouldn't be asking. So meaning that the words that you're saying isn't just Oh, I'm happy I'm not a slave. I am now going to serve you. Yetzias Mitzrayim is about God's ability to do anything. To change, yes, to change slaves of Egypt to servants of God, but also to affect miracles in the world, to make things happen that you wouldn't expect to happen. Speaking about Yetzias Mitzrayim and living it, affirms God's ability to be able to do anything. And if you are talking to that being who can do anything, like Rashi's beautiful Yershalmi, you can ask, and your asking means you really believe God could do that. Because if you don't believe, you really won't ask anything. You don't ask from somebody. You scream, you cry, you quetch, but you don't say, God, please do it. You must believe that it could happen. And bitocho is what Rabbeinu Yonah is saying is what we want the tefillah to spring out of. Not a sense of abdus like the first answer, the sense that I am a servant and I will serve you. And I will do your will because I recognize what you did for me. No, it's much more than that in a way, but rather it, it, it's, 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 it's not as, it's not as structured and tight as you are a servant. Your people were all saved. That was you that was saved. You would still be a slave. You need to do your service. Doing service brings Olam Haba. No. 
It's not about that. That's true. But that's not the, the second approach is very different. It's that if you really say these words and it builds within you the feeling of hope of God has done it, he can do it again. He still controls things. He still can affect things which would seem miraculous. And then you pray, you are praying, not just praying, you're actually connecting and speaking to this being that can do it. Then he says, Vachainira be'elushmos rabba b'parshas bo el paro. I have to tell you that from I came across this Rebbeinu Yonah um, almost, I guess, almost 50 years ago. And I never found, and it does not, this actual phraseology does not accrue in, in uh, Shemos Rabbah. It's not there. Um, there might be other Midrashim yet to be found, but it does not occur in, and, and I did a search recently in one of the most extensive databases. But it's still important. Rabbi Yonah had it in his sources. What does it say? Now, remember, it says Parshas Bo, which is, of course, the Parsha before Parshas Bishalach. What does it say? Sha'omer Lisham, Kishiro Yisro Hanisim Vanitloot, Shahoya Ose Imogem Habore, Shalo Kitivo Sholom, Batrubo. When the Jews saw the miracles that was that God was doing to them, that were that went totally against nature. What did that? What did that change in them? What What did it? What did it do to them? It turned them essentially into people that trusted in God. Now. We know where that Pasuk is. That's not in Parshas Bo. That, of course, is the Pasuk that describes what was going on right after, seemingly, the Mitzrim were thrown dead onto the, the, the banks of the Reed Sea. And it says there that they believed in God and in Moshe, his servant. This is the verse in Shemot 14 that, that introduces us to the great song of the sea, of Shiraz Hayam. If we look at the Psukim right before that, it says, the Jews went straight on the dry land, and the waters, of course, was a was a was a, a shield for them, a wall from the right and the left. And God saved on that day Yisrael from Mitzrayim, and Yisrael saw all their persecutors dead on the riverbank, on the on the sea bank. 
Vayar Yisrael Sayyad Agdo Asher Asa Adonai Ben Mitzrayim. What does those words mean? Was that the Yad Agdola that just, they just saw now? Most of you know it is, right? Because, remember, the Medrash that we say on the night of Pesach, that that was the hand, not the finger. Most of you know this to be, this to be referring to what happened at Yamsuf. So most of you are going to learn, and that seems to be the opinion of Rashi and the Raubag, that what we're talking about is they just saw the hand of God do all these amazing miracles and destroy their enemies at the Red Sea. Okay. And they feared God and they believed in God and in Moshe. So in other words, seeing their enemies die was important for them. It changed them. Now is when they feared and believed in God. That, if, if you look at the, um, now, Raubag, if you look here, says that, Vayiro Mesadonai, Kekvar Nisbaru Akem Koach Adonai Gvurato. Raubag says that, wait, wait, they, they feared God before this. I mean, they had seen a year of miracles. But, what this did for them was strengthen their belief in God and in Moshe. Meaning, they needed this event to, they needed this event in order to cement their belief. They needed the uh, experience of the Yam to be able to, uh, to, uh, become different people to the point, as you can see again from the Raubag, to now believe in whatever God would tell Moshe. Why? Because this was, this was it. This was the thing that proved to them that um, whatever Moshe says is going to be the right thing. So in other words, um, they needed this to cement their emuna. That is the Raubag's approach in this Pasuk. Now, and I believe that is what this, the, the, that does seem to be what Rashi says as well. The Midrashim also seem to back that up. Before we get to Rebbein again, let me show you the standard Medrash of the, the Midrashim here. The Medrash Rabbah on this Pasik. Take a look how similar and dissimilar it is to our Rabbeinu Yonah. Shonu Rabboteinu. Hakore Sashma, Tzorach Laskir Kriyat Yamsuf Makas Bechorim Be'emes V'yatsif. Just like we're talking about. That when you say Shema, right after Shema, one needs to speak about the splitting of the sea and Makas Pachorim. But if he doesn't say it, we'll let him ain Machzirinoto. Avon Mitzrayim. But you've got to say something. It doesn't have to be as detailed as the, 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 the sea splitting, but you need to say we left Egypt. 
Because we know that's the mitzvah of remembering that as we left Egypt. What's the difference between Yitzhiyas Kriyat Yamsuf and Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim? Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim, the fact that we are no longer slaves was even harder. True, he could have gotten us out without the Yamsuf. And that's why in the beginning of the Seris Adibros, it says, I am Hashem, your God. Because Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim is the main thing. Kriyat Yamsuf, it doesn't say the name Adonai. So why do we say Kriyat Yamsuf? Why is that part of our Arvid davening? Just like Raubag said, that when he split the sea, ah, that's where belief was. And because we now had belief, it's now because we had emuna, and because of that, to say shira. So the reason why we could sing Oz Yashir is because we now had Amuna and we now had the Shekhinah on us and Oz Yashir Moshe. And that's why we are so mech gu'ula Why? Because the same way they sang to God after their belief, they were pure and God spoke within them and it was like the words of God were coming out of their mouths and that happened because of how they were affected at you see at, at the evidence of the splitting of the sea it was so magnificent it was so incredible that it, it allowed them to sort of like elevate themselves to say shira and their belief was so strong that they could sing to God. That's what we do when we do gula. We purify our heart. And now we're ready to have our davening be a shira. That is not Rabbeinu Yonah's medrash. Not at all. It's a beautiful idea. And it's really dealing with the same points. In fact, one can even say that that when we daven like the Medrash, we are Balei Ruach HaKodesh, like our ancestors were, who said Oz Yashir. But that is not what Rabbeinu says, because that's, that is a level, I believe, that is almost impossible to achieve. But the, to believe that God could answer your prayers, that is universal, and that is something that can happen. So therefore, Rabbeinu Yonah almost, you know, refashions this medrash or has a different version of it. And once again, I will show it to you now. And you will see the difference. Let's look at it one more time. Because we didn't read it fully before. When Yisrael saw the Nisim that he did, when? Not at Yamsuf. The Nisim that Robag knew was part of their process of changing this whole time. Both Rabbeinu Yon and Robag know that the Jews need a lot of help to become who they are eventually going to be. And the whole idea of the miracles of Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim was not so much to punish the Mitzrim and show that God 
is going to punish them. You did this to them. I'm doing this to you. But it was also to build within them belief that the Jews would believe forever. What happened at Yamsuf was a test of that belief, according to Rabbeinu Yonah. The test of the belief is bitachon. Belief is, 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 is basically beautiful and touchy-feely, but it's real when you actually trust and do an action based on it. The Medrash and Raubag both say they were still, the Yamsuf was, 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 was an, were, were miracles and experiences that were meant to forge and change them, get them over the hump, to be believers. Rabbeinu Yonah says they were already believers. They were believers from Parshas Bo. Ralbag says, no, they were fearing God, but they still were missing belief. Vayiro Mesadonai, when was that? They had fear of God, Ralbag says, but they didn't have belief yet. Rabbeinu Yonah says, no. Vayar is way back then. It's not B'Mitzrayim, the Egyptians who are the Mitzrim who were dead in their chariots and spewed out. No, it was they saw the hand of God, the hand, forget about the Medrash, about the hand and the finger. They saw the hand of God with all the Makos and through that whole year. And they had changed. They feared God, like the Raubag says, yes, in Mitzrayim. They believed in God in Mitzrayim. They had Emuna. But what was it they needed to do? They needed to step into the Amsuf. They had to see God gave them this test where, hmm, do you believe, or do you have Bitochon? I know you believe I can do it. Now it's your turn to be an adult and show your bitachon. That's what the geula was. The geula was our bitachon. V'kivin shemaskir achshav oso geula. That geula that occurred, the geula the Medrash talked about, that the Merinu knows about, the geula of Yamsuf. Shebatchu avoseinu badonai v'hitzilam. The reason why we were saved is because our bitachon turned on. Because we had the experience of Imuna. How did we get the Imuna? From what we saw. And we and, and, and Yira developed Imuna. But now when we're at the Yamsuf, the Pasik says, when it describes it, God Yisrael had seen and processed everything that had happened in that year and it was there is the blueprint for the bitokon that they themselves did by walking into the Yamsuf. And that's why we go back to the Yamsuf to do what? To create the bitokon factor. If you daven, I'm sorry, if you daven right away, right after that, so you're a boteach. It's not enough to hear a lecture about being a, a, a Baal Batach. 
You have to actually feel it. And you feel that God can answer you. And when you daven, your davening is totally different. The reason, why did God answer us? Why did God actually put the waters down on the Mitzrim? We did that. Yitzhia Sotsrayim itself was almost like we didn't deserve it. I mean, God had to do it. But we came unto our own at the Yamsuf because we did one thing that we hadn't done before. We used the intellectual and spiritual neches that we had uh, garnered within us, and we showed that we have bitachon in God. And it, 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 was, it, was, it was, in fact, much stronger than just taking the, 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 the carbon Pesach, which also showed bitachon. But here, it was, it was, it, there was, oh, are you sure they're not coming? Oh, where are they? they they're going to hate us. In Mitzrayim, they were, the Mitzrim were cowering and shaking in their boots. It wasn't so hard for them to go and take the animal and say, okay, I'm taking this and I'm going against you. It's another thing when their army is right there and their army seems to be ready to pounce to say, we're still going in. And there wasn't the dry land didn't appear yet. It's still water. I have bitachon in God. I trust in you, God. I know you can do it. God wanted us to exercise our bitachon. And that's the reason when we walked in, that's the reason why he showed us the ultimate beating that the Mitzram took. The one of, of Yamsuf. And then you daven? Our davening is like walking through the Yamsuf. That means we believe. That's that's the that is the the proof that bitachon works. And even though it says vayar vayamin, look what Rabbi Yonah says: vabitachon hu ikara vahemuna. Yira is is recognizing that everything in the world comes from God, and nothing can exist without Him, and that God's God's power and command of the universe keeps everything there, and we are nothing. And God showed that in the year of the of the Makos. And the Amuna, of course, is being a witness to that and knowing that it's true and realizing there's a love. But that isn't the that's not where it stops. It stops, it, it needs to go to the next level, which is Bitochon. Bitochon, who I ikar a year of Amuna. And when you have bitachon, which is the which is what Yirat Amun is about, that's when you earn your olam haba. Zocha b'sibaso. It isn't like he says in the first answer, "I am an eved of Adonai. I'm an eved of God." And here in my davening, I'm doing God's will in the world, and I want God. <laughs> this is much more real in a way. You you. It isn't just that you're going out there and saying, "I'm an eved." But in the most important things that you have in your life, you are um, recognizing that God can do it for you. That's what God wants. God wants him to be real in your life, that you, you trust totally in God that he can do it. And that means he's penetrated and entered your life completely. 
And therefore, Zoha Bisiboso And that's where through Bitochon, not Yira and Amuna, Bitochon is what gets you in to Olam Haba. And that's what the, the Gemara is, is trying to say. Um, Thanks for joining us for another episode from the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT Podcast. Be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast app so you don't miss a single episode.